Welcome to the Vinyl Preacher. Matt Gale, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Zach. I'm Zach Paris. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado. And we are here to talk to you about stories and songs. Stories and songs, y'all. What, uh, what are we talking about this week? Man, I have to, like, mentally think about This is the middle of the summer. Oh, are these the dog, summer preaching is hard. Summer? summer preaching is hard. August. This yeah. is a hard one. This is the last Sunday in July. You're on the third um, week. If you're stuck in the Gospels, the third week of some agrarian crap about weeds or mustard or hot dogs. Nobody knows anymore. Um, it's a big week for us, Matt. Uh, we got a, a visit to the territory from EZE, uh, Bishop Elizabeth Eaton. Um, what? So What's she coming for? I don't really know why she's here, but she is. <laughs> There's a, a Q&A during the middle of the day on Friday that nobody can go to because it's during the middle of the day. But I got some students who are buns, so we're going to take them and try to harass Bishop Eaton into doing things or something. I don't know. Uh, then there's like a fundraiser thing for fun for leaders, but that's something. That's something. Man, yeah, summer preaching. Last week I just, uh, I did prayer stations. I did like half a sermon, and mm. then I did like, I borrowed all the prayer stations we used at the various camps that we've gone to this summer. <laughs> I just like, and people liked it. People were into it. It worked. Middle of the summer, you could try things. You could try things like that. A few weeks ago, Matt, when I was doing my crazy three services in three days with three different texts uh, from three different lectionaries deal, um, the Sunday morning, I had a good outline, but I just didn't have it in me in the middle of the summer to write out three different sermons. And I probably preached for 20 to 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I think it was good. People seemed to yeah. like it. Uh, I don't think they noticed too much, but I did. And I was like, wow. Oh. Well, this uh, particular week, July 30th, uh, I'm going to be on vacation. So I'm not even, I'm not even preaching. Where are you going to be for vacation? Man? Oh, oh, where am I going to be for vacation? Well, uh, on this day, I'll probably be in Lansing, Michigan. Mm. So we're gonna we're gonna fly from LA to Chicago with our twins, uh, carried uh, against our bodies like uh, kangaroo kids, and then we are gonna fly from LA to Chicago, drive from Chicago to Milwaukee, uh, spend five days in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually outside of Milwaukee, uh, and then we're gonna drive to Lansing, Michigan, for the weekend, and that's probably where we'll be on this this Sunday morning. Back in the Great Lakes State. Hail Sparty. Great Lakes State. Uh, if you have strong opinions about the Great Lakes States, uh, so does my wife. She got into a pretty heated debate with some folks up at uh, camp last week oh. about which state owns Lake Superior. She thinks that uh, Michigan uh, owns all the Great Lakes. So Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, you got no claim on Superior. Wow. Was, That's a hot take. That's a hot take. Oh, we should, yeah, it's, she's, she's got hot takes when it comes to Great Lakes. She's, we need uh, a whole hot takes with Chris episode, you know? <laughs> That's for our Patreon subscribers, is you get access to the Chris hot takes episode Chris of hot TVP. Takes. I mean, that's really bold claims. Superior, like, that's, I mean, I mean, you could argue, right, like, is the Upper Peninsula really part of Michigan? Oh, yeah, she, yes, like, that was her argument. I mean, and there were some treaties involved. I mean, she's a historian, so she'll probably give you, like, the Great Lakes history. I mean, she, man. 
I rank Great Lakes history right up there with colonial history, U.S. <laughs> colonial history, as in things I don't uh, I don't care about at all. Well, it's also like it's also interesting. Like this, sometimes the state that you're from, like, because Chris Chris has a lot of Michigan home state home state pride, home state love. I don't have a lot for Illinois. I might for Chicago. Like I might claim Chicago and root for the Chicago sports teams, but like the rest of Illinois, it's like Chicago. And then there's like Southern Illinois, anything South of, uh, I don't know. Rockford. Yeah. (laughs) It's basically Southern Illinois. And I don't like, I don't care. Quad cities. Right. But Chris is like, no, the state of Michigan, like she has state pride. I might have like city pride, but I don't like, but Cal- I guess California, I'd have mm-hmm. like state pride. I don't know. I don't know if this is true for other states or if it's uh, particular to Chicago. I think it depends on the character of the state, right? Yeah, you think so? Like, yeah. I think in particular, having lived there, the, the tension between, I think there's a great distance between Illinois and Chicago. Yeah. Um, almost in the same way as like Atlanta and Georgia, I think, have a similar distance Ooh. and tension. Which is different from, like, I think, uh, like, New York and New York, I think, have a different thing. And certainly L.A. and California um, yeah. are much more part of each other. Whereas in, in Colorado, even though uh, there's really one city, like a megalopolis kind of thing, nobody lives in the other parts of the state. Right? So there's high amounts of state pride, and it helps solve the megalopolis problem. Right, because we basically all live in one city that goes from Fort Collins to to Pueblo. If you're being generous, Colorado Springs is more realistic. And so, like, we're not all from Denver, but if we say claiming Colorado, like, makes like we all live together. But place, and it probably depends on vexology, what kind of flags you got going on, right? So Colorado has an excellent state flag. So state pride high. South Carolina lacks like a major city to. Right. So uh, has a has a solid state flag. So yeah. high state pride. Uh, Illinois like has a seal, the, the palmetto tree and the yeah. crescent moon. That's fantastic. Right. That's mm-hmm. what you want in a flag. Whereas in yep. Illinois, you have the state seal on a flag, which is one of the worst things you can do. Again, That's California. True. Great flag. Great flag um, also tells a great story. We put a bear on our flag and it's a bear that we have hunted to extinction. So in your face, uh-huh. bear. <laughs> so that's that's fun. That is fun. Uh, maybe there's not New York State pride, right? Maybe the rest of the people in the state like to claim the city. I think I found that to be true. They don't have a great flag, uh, but that's different. I think than Illinois because I think downstaters in Illinois don't like to claim Chicago. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Yeah, you're much more likely to find Cardinals fans. It's sad. So I'm going to be spending time in Michigan uh, and also Wisconsin. And I can never figure out Wisconsin. Chris doesn't understand why I don't like Wisconsin. I just feel like there's a Chicago, Wisconsin thing going on. And Wisconsin, like, man, there was a guy up at camp who was wearing a Milwaukee Brewers hat. And he's from he's from Wisconsin. We we're trying to figure out the sports teams there because I feel like the Bucks. Nobody cares about the Milwaukee Bucks. I does what I so I just feel right. like they should move to Seattle where people would care about. Of course. Them. That's my personal opinion. But they are building uh, a new arena. Not going to happen now. But, I know. So now but it should have happened. Happen. It should have happened. Now it's not going to happen. Uh, so it's an interesting state, though, because then like the Green Bay Packers, they're in Green Bay. They're not even like a major city. It's like, right? And they just take over the state. <sighs> I finally uh, figured out why I don't like the Brewers. I did a little research recently because I was uh, yeah. um, I make lists and stuff, right, uh, for fun. Uh, the Brewers uh, are a stolen team. Did you know that? Yeah. They're the Seattle Pilots. Breaks. 
Oh, the Seattle Pilots. Oh, yeah. Mm. I forgot that. I don't like stolen teams. And that's why uh, the Pelicans will be moving to Seattle. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've uh, discussed the texts, we can move on. To... <laughs> What's only what are you listening to this week, man? We should really do. A, we should really do a podcast where we don't talk about the texts at all. The, the text this week is so bad that uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna skip it. Mustard seeds. It's kind of like if you haven't listened to uh, you talking to you, you talking you two to me, the YouTube podcast with Adam Scott and uh, Scott, whose name I can't remember his last name, but they're uh, they have a YouTube podcast that's like it's like an hour, hour and a half episodes where they might spend five minutes actually talking about YouTube. It's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. I'm a big fan of the Shutdown Fullcast, which is a college football podcast that sometimes talks about college football, but. <laughs> so that's uh, what we aspire to here on the Final Preacher. <laughs> it's Laban Week. Laban Week. Jesus bring to Laban. Here's what you got to know, Matt. Last week we talked about Esau. Because uh, here's your option, right? You can either hear us figure out what we want to do with the landscape of sports franchises, which I think we have a bit of expertise on. Matt is a fan of over 75% of all professional sports <laughs> franchises in the United States. Or you can hear me talk about Edomites. Uh, so here's your Edomites. Esau is known to be the father. There's a lot of etymology in the Jacob story. Uh, we got some last week, right? How Bethel came to be called Bethel, um, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff, right? Esau yeah. is considered to be the, the the father of the Edomites. So you had this hunter, shepherd, pastoral kind of person dynamic going on. And here we have Laban, who's in Syria, the Amorites, uh, I believe. Uh, he's considered to be the father of Aram and the Aramites. Oh. Shepherd on shepherd violence is what we're looking at here. So you get to choose, uh, friends. Gosh. I mean, it's so crazy. Like, these are the, like last week, it was clear. Giga Jacob's ladder. You're like, oh, yeah, this is clearly, this should be in the lectionary. If we're going to decide, like, stories that should be in the lectionary, let's make sure we get this one in there. Yep. And then this week, I'm like, I, what? I don't, okay. I mean, there's a lot of Jacob stories that happen between those two nocturnal encounters. Uh, and this is, this is the one we go with. Matt, I've got a story for you. I. I'm a victim of the. I'm a victim of the 1993 baseball strike. Uh, that was some uh, prime formative sports fandom years. Uh, they went on strike. My dad got mad, and we just never watched baseball. wasn't a part of my life after '93. Uh, it was only when I went to college, I went to Clemson, where college baseball was a big deal, Ooh. that I got back in to to baseball because yeah. we have a tradition of being really good. People take it seriously, and and here's the thing: the the secret you need to know about college baseball is it's the most fun sport in college because they what? play three game series Friday, Saturday, Sunday every weekend and you go to tailgate for three days you don't tailgate for one day right and the stakes aren't that high so when we lose football games you go back to the tailgate everybody cry and be sad and stuff right friday night you lose not a problem we're gonna keep tailgating for the rest of the night and all day tomorrow because we might win tomorrow so much fun our biggest rival is South Carolina, who also has a long, uh, has a has a history and tradition of being really good at college baseball. Uh, recently, they may or may not have won some national championships. Uh, I don't hold that against them at all. I'm not uh, grieved by that. Uh, I am. That was terrible. Um, anyway, those games would sell out, right? So 6,000 people would be in the stadium for that. 
Uh, and one time I didn't get a ticket to the South Carolina game, but we were tailgating. And uh, my friend Joel and I uh, tried three different times to sneak into the stadium. Uh, and we did three different times. So we got kicked out three different times. Uh, <laughs> and the last time we got kicked, we jumped a fence and got in, right? And the last time we got kicked out, the guy who kicked us out, they were like searching for us. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. The guy who kicked us out said, boys, you can't shit the shitter. Um, what? Because we were like, no, we just lost our tickets. We have tickets. I don't know what you're talking about. We just lost them. They must have like left them. So we must have like left them in the bathroom. And he's like, boys, you can't shit the shitter. Uh, and that's what happens today in this time in the text. Uh, you got Laban and Jacob. And Jacob uh, is, is is the young pup here who's, who's jumped the fence into the stadium and is like trying to pull. He's used to pulling the fast ones. He's like, hey, I don't have any tickets. I lost it. But I have one for sure. Uh, um, you can't prove that I didn't have a ticket when I came in. And Laban says, well, boys, you can't ship the shitter. Uh, and so he makes this deal, this indentured servant kind of deal. He's going to work seven years in order to get the hand of his youngest daughter. But night of the wedding, ooh, you know that feeling, Matt? Um, when sometimes you look across the room, it goes two different ways, right? And like, oh, that's, that's my wife over there. Uh, it turns out not her. Right? Not her. <laughs> or nope. uh, in both of these, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about them. I look across the room and I'm like, wow, that is an attractive person. Uh, and then it turns out to be my wife. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, similar kind of situation. Wedding night. Uh, this, I mean, Game of Thrones tie-ins are everywhere. That uh, we got red wedding, we got purple wedding, and then we got whatever the hell this is, which is the old switcheroo wedding. Gets to the wedding night. Goes to the marriage bed and turns out, whoops, uh, not Rachel, <laughs> not Rachel. It is Leah. And so he tricks L Laban. You can't shit the shitter. Tricks Jacob into seven more years of service uh, and working for him so that he can have what he wanted originally. Uh, so 14 years of labor in order to get to Rachel. Um, that is a fantastic story for this uh, for this story. Once again, you gotta feel bad for this character that gets shoved to the side. Like, just like Esau, I mean, Leia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> her girl first gets used by her dad. Then, like, Jacob's like, I don't really. I'm also a bit anyway. confused in that it's very clear that, that Jacob is a real jerk at this point uh, and is on the run and his brother wants to kill him. I don't understand why Laban is so eager to push both of his daughters off with this guy, right? <laughs> like, know. he's not a good you dad. You couldn't find no. anybody else? Also, it's well, his first, then, I mean, it is his first cousin, so that's probably what he's thinking, right? It's within the family, which is the thing they wanted um, to have happen. Yeah, but that'll come into play, I think, if you um, continue reading around this story, continue reading this story. Um, eventually, Rachel's going to help Jacob leave, because uh, Laban still doesn't want to let him leave. And Rachel's actually going to help with that. Uh, the daughters are going to help, uh, help them get away. Uh, so apparently they don't want to stay with this, uh, this dad either. <laughs> It's like, uh, I'm working on another Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> yeah, the recognition piece. So this would also be a good, like, Chris hot takes, because uh, just like like you were describing, like, you look across, you see your spouse. So we were in college, and uh, we had this scholar from Harvard, Stephanie Paulzell, who's a Christian scholar. She's talking about relationships. Bodies. Yeah, bodies, right? She's got but the she book on bodies. About, like, yeah, she's got honoring the body. She came and spoke at Valpo because I think she did, like, she spent some time at Valpo, too. But she had this story about, like, how she, she 
she was looking at she saw this guy crossing the street and uh and she just felt this like overwhelming attraction to him and then she realized it was her husband and chris was like what kind of bullshit she was like that is so ridiculous <laughs> she's like what a cop out like what if it wasn't your husband that's the story you gotta deal with like oh it was my husband all along see that's how it works and she chris thought that was just the stupidest like biggest cop out story so hot takes from chris in her in absentia i'm on board i'm on board it's convenient <laughs> when it works out like that yeah it's convenient right and that's the story we tell not the <laughs> i love it though can't shit the show this is like i i didn't know what to do with the story at first and then i realized like what you just described which is that this is jacob like meeting his match right here's the trickster and he's met uh he's met the experienced trickster <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think there's, like, some true, like, clearly, there's some truth in this story. That's weird. In a Bible story, truth? Strange. But that I think, right, like, the, that that however we, we climb the ladder of of power, whether through an Esau sort of vision of, of strength uh, or whether through cleverness of Jacob, there will always be a mountain you cannot climb. Uh, there will be someone, if everybody's competing in that same way, Right, it's my biggest complaint with professional sports in the United States, uh, man. There's only one trophy, um, and I, that's what I enjoy about uh, I enjoy about college football in the United States. I enjoy about the the soccer in Europe is that there are lots of different trophies to win um, because sports fandom should be fun and it's stupid for only one team to have a successful season. But right. It's saying that if that's, if that's, if you're seeking power, uh, only one can be powerful. Um, and, uh, it's not going to be, you. yeah. Well, there's another interesting related to that. Um, that uh, that Brueggemann highlights in his commentary. So Jacob's up against Laban, but he also comes up against another familiar foe, uh, which is primogenitor, right? He like he says um, that this is also about the firstborn, right? Where Laban is like, no, no, uh, in our culture, uh, the firstborn's got to be married off first. And this is the thing that Jacob's been struggling with since he was in the womb, <laughs> right? And here he is sort of up against it again. Um, if there's a larger idea that God is sort of, uh, God doesn't can turn. I don't know that that's like this continuing theme uh, that runs throughout this. Uh, that Jacob continues. He's he's still up against it. He's still up against it. The younger before the firstborn shows up again in the story of Jacob. I like it. There's some you want to tie some stuff together from the past couple weeks. There's some superheroish sorts of things here. Uh, Jacob removes what? the stone from the well. That happens. Uh, I guess it's actually right before this text. Jacob throws, it's in verse 10, uh, the well's all, because you get a woman at the well story, Matt. Yeah. Woman at the well. I mean, I, like, why don't you get that story? For like, so like, here's the thing. So we got to have a, so we got these Jacob, like I get it at a, like, like up to a point, right? You get Jacob at night, he has a dream. And then you get the bookend story, Jacob wrestling. And then in the middle, you got to have some Jacob story. So why don't you get the woman at the well story? I mean, it's interesting. Like, why is it this story? I don't know, man. It's craziness. Tell me about this woman at the well story because you clearly re clearly read it. He he uh, does he roll the stone away? He rolls the stone away. Uh, we don't hear it in the lectionary at all, right? But um, just like his father met, uh, or well, his father didn't do it. He had someone because again, Isaac, most impotent Bible character, uh, in a literal sense, is. Um, uh, uh, 
one of his emissaries, one of Isaac's emissaries, meets Rebecca at a well. Here, Jacob uh, is meeting Rachel at the well. Doesn't necessarily have like a bunch of signs that he's looking for, but it seems to happen just kind of through uh, happenstance that this person is um, related to him. And I believe that Isaac had instructions that with his blessing, right, that you couldn't marry one of the Canaanite women. So he needed to marry someone in the family. Rachel shows up at the wrong time of day. The well is closed. They got a lid on it. And Jacob, with his superhuman strength, um, <laughs> removes this and ginormous this, rock. Do you see when the superhero, the superhuman strength comes when Jacob saw Rachel? So he's like, <laughs> he's so excited to see, to see Rachel. It's, it's like he's when, Re it's when Rebecca sees Isaac and falls off the camel because he's so <laughs> right? beautiful. Uh, right? It's, this is... That's you so funny. Hey, here's your connection, right? He sees yeah. he sees Rachel, and she's so beautiful that he can lift off the rock of, <laughs> right? of the well. And then at night, uh, he can't really see her that well. Uh, the wedding. It's... Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, this is a man. It's such a great story. These women at the well stories. It also seems like I mean, it's surprising that we don't get this story more often since it's like roll the stone away so that the waters can flow. Doesn't that seem like an Easter story? Like you think you think no. you could do? I'm surprised it doesn't show up more often. I'm surprised. I don't think it shows up at all, does it? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up. But it certainly doesn't show up in the summer of Genesis, where it should. Mm-hmm. So why do you think then? Why do you think we get this Laban and Jacob trickster story? Why is this like? So if we got those two bookends at night um, that tell us something about Jacob, why is this the story that we get in between? Um, why, why, why this story? What does this tell us? What's the good news here that uh, that is so important that our lectionary uh, makers put it in here? Hmm. Hmm. Is there good news in this thing? <laughs> that is... That is the question. Remember last week, I was like, sometimes the good news just rings like a clarion bell. <laughs> I, think we, I think we should get Laban and Jacob. I mean, I think, man, there is some complexity here. Um, yeah. That on one hand, maybe you start to see Jacob making some sacrifices. Uh, mm. He's, he's going to he's gonna be Jacob at the end of this story. We don't get that part yet, right? Um, they don't sneak away. Or run away here. He's making an honest deal for the first time in his life yeah. with Laban, and you see the the difficulty I think of of living in both those places at the same time, in a place of trying to be honest, but also living uh, in a place in a world of that that that's moves and motivated by by the kind of tricksters. I, mean, I guess Jacob, I mean, Jacob learns to wait. Um, and Jacob also, like, he's not in control in this story, right? He, he, has, to learn to learn, stuff, he yeah. has to learn to relinquish control. Mm -hmm. um, whereas he was like, he was sort of the driver in that Jacob and Esau story. Here he has to, he's got to relinquish control. And maybe there's grace in that. Maybe there's grace in, uh, <laughs> in meeting your match. How, how would you phrase that? Is there grace... <laughs> I mean, this, I try to figure out how to phrase it, but I can't figure it out. You don't have to be lonely. <laughs> At BedowinsOnly.com. Um, There's grace in the, in me and the shitter, man. I'm just like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> can't, can't, can that... Can that be the title of this week's pod? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that there, there's grace in meeting the shitter, or you can't shit you the shitter? No, you can't shit the shitter. 
<laughs> I mean, I think that's the good news, right? I think the good news is you can't shit the shitter. And I think that's good news. It takes a little bit of work to go from there in that whether you're doing, no matter who's doing the shitting, whether it's you or the shitter, the other, right? That there are limits, that there are limits to the, the yeah. limits to yeah. the power of the shitter. I mean, it's Laban here, but it's also mm-hmm. God, right? Who's the ultimate yeah. shitter. God is the that ultimate we get, shitter. I mean, that we get through these three weeks, right? That yeah. like, that God is the actor in last week's story about the dream that comes down. Like God has to wait till Jacob is asleep and he, then he takes him by the collar and says, look. And then here, Jacob is not in control. And then next week, Jacob's going to wrestle with God. And in some ways, Jacob's going to get a victory, but he's also going to walk away crippled. Um, that there's a cost to that, right? There are limits. And Jacob learns the limits over the course of his story. How about this, man? Yeah. You said next week, we're going to talk about it next week. Uh, you okay. said next week, Jacob's going to wrestle with God. We don't know that. Um, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> also, Jacob does some wrestling at night in this story with an unknown Ooh. visitor. Um <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Right? It's true. Um, both sacred sorts of dancing, uh, wrestling. So um, many nocturnal adventures for Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> He'd leave. He leaves both those wrestling matches changed. He does. He does. He does. Games. You could, uh, you could a- also do this. A series on Jacob's wrestling at night. He gets a bonus wife this week. <laughs> oh, you could have a good sermon series. Oh. Mm. Well, what do you uh, what do you listen to? <laughs> <laughs> so many possibilities. So many possibilities. Um, this ended up in a different direction than I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you got? What do you got? You go first, oh my God. please. <laughs> um, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Prog Rock Era Genesis, A Trick of the Tail. They've got an album called The Trick of the Tail and a song called The Trick of the Tail. And since we've got two tricksters uh, facing off this week, uh, I'm going to go with that one from Prog Rock Era Genesis. And then uh, I'm trying to decide, man, what else? Uh, you could do Phil Collins's uh, terrible cover of You Can't Hurry Love. Because Jacob <laughs> learns that. Jacob learns that this week. You can't hurry love. Sometimes you just have to wait. I imagine uh, in the musical version of this story, Layman singing that uh, to Jacob. Would be a showstopper. Would be a showstopper right there. And then, uh, I don't know. Um... I'll tell you what I got. Yeah, what you got? I'll tell you what I got. I've got a uh, Blinded by the Light, man. <laughs> blinded by the Light, man for the, the man's Earth Band. The other guy. Oh, the other guy. The other guy, for sure. Springsteen wrote it. Just putting that out there. It's from his uh, Dylan days when people mistook him for Bob Dylan. Mm. I think I got a, I'm going to, man, we're just doing all your people. Uh, YouTube, uh, Mysterious Ways. Uh, She moves in mysterious ways. Look out. Johnny, take a walk with your sister, the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. Let her pay light in to fill up your room. You've been living underground, eating from a can. Talk about the things you can't understand. It's such a good song. Mysterious Ways. Good stuff. 
I also got to throw out a Springsteen song. So he's got a song from uh, Devils and Dust from his solo album in the two, early 2000s um, called Leia. He's actually a song called Leia. This poor Leia gets the shaft in this story. Uh, it's really <laughs> language, <laughs> I <know>. language. <laughs> but she like it's just like Esau. Uh, so I, I feel like we got to give a little bit of honor here to the poor Leia. Dog days, dog days of summer, man. <laughs> wow. Well, and then maybe uh, maybe we'll go with uh, we'll go with. Hmm. Ooh, man, I'm going yeah. Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> Building a mystery. <laughs> Building a mystery. Wow. Only but a goodie. Absolutely. <laughs> good stuff. I don't know about good, but it's stuff. It's good stuff. It's some shit. Good stuff. Talk days of summer. Last Sunday of July. Oh, all right. Well, Spin. What's your good so, news, man? That's <laughs> like. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Uh, what is the good news? I think um. Gosh. It's got to start with God, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're going. There is God in this story. I mean, it's gotta be. You can't shit the shitter, right? Like it's that's gotta still gotta be, be the good news. Gotta be. I gotta it. go with yours. I think yeah, I gotta. Think I gotta go with it. The shitter. Uh, this. Uh, um. I do think this line is pretty beautiful. I don't know what to do with it, but uh, the Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. He's blinded. Nice blinded by the right. light. It's a nice it's a, it's a fairy tale line. I like that. <laughs> fairy tale. It is. It's like right it out of the table. fairy tale line. Mm-hmm. The love makes me vulnerable. How about that? The love makes yeah. me vulnerable. Yeah, there's something going on with that mm-hmm. that I might unpack if I actually had to preach this week. So good luck, preachers. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. It's been something. It's been vinyl. <laughs> it's been real vinyl. <laughs>